0: So next, uh, I have the pleasure of welcoming up our guest speaker, uh, it's Pastor Julius Ahn. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, Intergenerational Congregation, it's awesome, awesome to see um, someone like Julius be able to share with us today, because Julius uh, came to our youth group a long time ago, um, and I, I remember distinctly because he's he just kind of stood out like a man among boys, so he was like this... MMA fighter built like guy um, among all these youth kids that were just kind of running around. And so um, he always stood out to me then, but um, again, just awesome to see how he's continued to grow and that the Lord is using him. Um, He was serving at uh, New Life uh, Church down in Tampa as a youth pastor. And so um, it's great. It's great to welcome back um, a friend and, uh, and fruit of harvest. I guess hopefully it's not too weird to call you fruit, but... Um, we're we're so blessed to have that. So if you could welcome up Julius Hahn.
1: Uh, Good morning. Oh man. Good morning Harvest. Good morning. Oh man what a immense pleasure and um, a privilege for me even to come up here this morning a uh, few things, I just want to just warm it up a little bit, cool facts, Pastor June, who spoke last week, was my former roommate and um, co-worker at New Light Church in Tampa, two, sitting up here and worshiping in DLC, awesome, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm a nerd for like preaching and everything, and man, sitting, up, sitting on my mentor's seat. I didn't deserve it. But anyways, a couple things. Um, Yeah, um, It's crazy, surreal coming up here preaching at Harvest. Uh, I was a youth student among a lot of us here and uh, just growing up here as well. And um, yeah, uh, last week actually was my last Sunday at uh, New Light Church serving as a youth pastor for six years and staying in Tampa. Since my undergrad years and it's been a long journey so moving 10 years worth of stuff yesterday to my you know my parents home it's not easy and the first thing my mom said you know please shave this morning (laughs) you know nagging already started so (laughs) it's good my mom parents are probably literally nervous right now they're probably over there praying to the lord above (laughs) that i don't butcher this sermon today hello pastor dale i'm here (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for this opportunity. So let's go right ahead. Um, uh, this is crazy. This is surreal. Okay. Anyways, um, <clears throat> let's start. Let's pray before we start today. God, you are so gracious this morning to even give me opportunity to preach your word. In my home church. I'm extremely blessed, Father God, and may you use me as an empty vessel for your kingdom. May your words speak truth and delight and comfort for those who are in need. Heavenly Father, God, would you just come and just um, place your mighty hand over us today to the hearts of harvest, the people here who are just visiting. Um, God, just really lift us up this morning. May your Holy Spirit just really intercede and guide us, restore us today, that we lift you up in glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, we're going to open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 to 5 this morning. First point of our, uh, of our service today, of our sermon today, is that uh, stand firm to the faith, is to be united and full of rejoice. We're going to look at verse 1 through 5 real quick, I'm just going to read for you all this morning. It says here in verse 1, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Eudodia and I plead with Sintai to be the same mind and the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This is God's word, amen. So Paul, as he was writing this letter to the city of Philippi, the, the Philippians. He thought about them while he was in prison. He was he was thinking about how to reassure them. He was gone for a while. He was he was supposed to get some um, uh, some offerings from them, but he was able to miss that because he was um, he was prisoned. And in, in this time, he wanted to care for their souls. He wanted to reassure them in their faith. When we read this passage, this passage, we can feel the love that is covered in these verses. We can feel that how the good shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ leads us and minister us through his grace by an inspired word. The endurance that Paul instructed the church and then to never give up the Christian walk in order to persevere a light of our heavenly citizenship and the longing of Christ's return to us. Because of our citizenship in heaven, We shouldn't give up. There's no way possible. It shouldn't be in in our criteria. Because God's grace is keep us faithful. He wants us to keep us faithful, to turn to him and not adopt the patterns of this world. God tells us to persevere through this race, through everything that we can do for him. We must be empowered, not by our own strength, but the strength that comes and our firm belief and faith in him. Sounds good, right? <laughs> Sounds pretty good. It's reassuring, empowering. Uh, didn't happen to me three years ago. Three years ago in 2016, uh, me, my senior pastor, were having lunch at Jason's Deli. Ever been to Jason's Deli? Salad, delicatessen. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Probably not. <laughs> I remember I ate a roast beef sandwich. Uh, with pastor, uh, with my pastor, and he was talking to me all seriously. He was like, "You know, Pastor I need you to need, I need you to meet with me for lunch." I was like, "All right, man, let's go, let's go. You got you got me right." And so we got our lunch. We're sitting down. We're having this awesome conversation, and he threw something at me that a, a wide curveball. He told me this, Pastor Julius, in six months I'll be leaving here from Tampa. I was like, ah, six months, not that bad, man. We got this, we got this, Pastor Han, we got this. So six months passed real quick. I remember fast-forwarding to his uh, farewell party, praying for him, and I was like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> um, uh, this is not right, this is crazy. Uh, how am I going to be responsible for a new church plan of five years? I'm still in seminary. My biblical teaching and preaching was only for youth students and college students. Uh, how am I going to lead a church? So during that time, I was an interim pastor for a church of five years. Our first, our first sermon or uh, me preaching, uh, half I think close to five or six people left the church because of the hurt. And, and we read this passage saying, you know, God commanded us to rejoice in all things. I wasn't rejoiceful. I was panicking. I'm not capable of leading people in this capacity. I was not well equipped, as I thought. And when we look at this passage, Paul mentions this. It's a commandment to all believers that we must rejoice in the Lord always. We must rejoice. And it's our command that we follow to because God has designed us to be worshipful and an obedient people. And at that time, I was being so so scared, so nervous, so uh, ill-equipped. I was asking God, God, I can't rejoice in this because I lost the very thing. I lost my mentor. I lost the capability to preach. I can't do this on my own. God, help me. People come back after service, after I preach, and say, hey, Pastor, I think you need to, you need to prepare more. Pastor Julius, I think you need to pray more. Pastor Julius, I think you are not capable. Pastor Julius, you're too, <laughs> I guess, immature because <laughs> you only hang around with youth kids. It's like, dang, hey, all right. <laughs> Shoot, what's good? <laughs> no, let's go. What's good? Let's go. Come on. Come on at me. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm soft-hearted. You know, it hurts me a lot. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we must be empowered. God calls us to persevere through this race. Everything that we do for him is for him. So be empowered. Be courageous. Be bold in your faith. Don't give up. And because we are standing firm in our union with Jesus Christ. And Paul mentions this, that those who stand firm will be in the book of life. Those who stand firm and persevere in this life will be in the book of life. You will be determined. You will live in everlasting. You will live with him in eternal peace. The definition of rejoice is to feel sh- feel or show great joy or delight. It does not matter of the day that brings problems or temptation or clear sailing, like, you know, as if you're in cloud nine, we are commanded to rejoice. And simply, joy cannot be produced by your own. But is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. As you can call Paul's writing this this letter with such love because he understands the fear he understands the doubt, this hostile world that they live in. There is more to this joy because it's accompanied by the faith that Philippians has shown that, it's, that it is possible for them to experience this joy. This is something we must believe in his name, is that he is the one who can truly Give this kind of joy that's far beyond this world can ever can compare to. Psalm 92 verse 4 says here, for you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. You have shown me the result of it. You show me what it means to follow and show me what it means to be rejoiceful in all things, God, because you have given me the strength and the freedom from my sin. Because joy comes from our relationship, not from our circumstances. Most people think you can get joy by what you desire, but real joy is when you realize what you deserve. It's about being grateful for all that you have in Jesus Christ. Is your graciousness evident amongst the people around you when the Lord is near? Is your graciousness around you do you, is that evident? Is that clear cut to you? You know, what a blessing it is that Pastor Dio is able to have a sabbatical. That's crazy. That's great. You guys are thriving. You are growing. At this time, we go and continue to grow and stand firm. Even though our shepherd's not here, even though it might be a little bit different, even our leaders are stepping out. we as the people of the church of the body of Christ, we are commanded to rejoice together in unity, to be united as one to serve the one who deserved the love that we couldn't deserve. Be close to Christ who encourages, empower us to live out for his name. Two, stand firm to the faith is to be worrying about nothing. Verse 6 and 7, we're going to look here, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Verse 6, it says here, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As the commentators say, J. Vernon McGee says here, worry about nothing, pray about everything. Because the secret is prayer. And during that time when I was serving the church at that time, famous quote from Pastor Dio will say, if your pastor is playing... He is not praying. I was playing. <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> Late nights, you know, hanging out, you know, alehouse and all these things. And when it was come to the nitty-gritty of serving a church, I need to start praying. So, so our church established this prayer night on Thursdays. Wednesday was not, you know, pretty good, so we carbon-copied <laughs> What do you guys have here on Wednesday nights? So we implemented that in our church. A lot of people came. Great. It was awesome. 12 students came. 12 people came on Thursday night. Yeah, we're ready. We're empowered, Pastor Julius. We got got this. The next week, five. Yo, we're still here, Pastor Julius. Don't worry. The next week, just me. (laughs) Now praying, God, it's okay. It's okay. If Pastor Dio can do this, I can do this too. Okay? I can pray by myself. I prayed by myself for an hour. And I was like, okay, this is not working. God, I need you. And then I was like, so I started bringing my guys, my disciples. I was like, come here. Hey, hey, we got something going Thursday. I'll buy you dinner. Let's go pray. (laughs) Let's go pray. So I brought like five or six of them. Some of my youth students came. Uh, They had to go home early. So I was like, you know, take them home. All these things was just crazy. Just that whole year, me and my coworker, my beloved friend, Melissa Cho. Her and I went to Everything. I counsel, you know, she counseled me. I counseled her. Most, mostly she was counseling me, you know, <laughs> because I was getting angry, frustrated, crying, you know, asking for God's for help and asking for our people to help out. Uh, you know, the most saddest thing that I ever experienced was a potluck, you know, a potluck for our anniversary. It was a six-year anniversary. I, same, I preached the same sermon to our people and I was like, hey, this is going to be our six-year anniversary. It's going to be a potluck for everybody. Come, bring your food, bring your dessert. I, we got literally 20 boxes of Publix fried chicken that day. <laughs> I'm serious. I kid you not. kid you not. We were just eating chicken, and the family side, you know, the, the, the coleslaw, the potato salad, everything was there. And it just made me so joyful, even, even though we ate the same thing. I was like, oh, this is what it means to have a shepherd heart. I'm glad to remind them that we have a greater high shepherd, the high priest, the king of kings and lord of lords Jesus Christ who watches over us, who shepherds us in our needs, who guides us and empowers us when we are so weak. This is... The command that God has given us to follow our heavenly father his commands are not difficult because we're the ones who are making it difficult it's very intriguing for Paul to say put something like nothing in this verse because surprisingly it's a very accurate statement nothing is nothing you are to worry about nothing simply it's very difficult for hear, for us to hear that worry about nothing I can't. I can't. I'm worrying about finances. I'm worrying about how to put food on the table. I'm worried about my 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 students, uh, you know, going to you know college. I'm I'm worried about how to start up a family. I'm worried about marriage plans and everything. And uh, sometimes I hear this phrase and I get it. It's so relatable. Worrying. It's such a joy killer. It just removes us, it like redirects us to our, ourselves again. It's like, okay, I can do this with my own strength. I can do this with, you know, to overcome and, and not to be hindered by such things. But anxiety makes you self, self, self-absorbed. It consumes you. And it doesn't make you serve other people in the church. It, it kind of serves yourself. You're just focused on yourself. You're just catering to yourself. You're not catering to no one else in the church. And when you worry, you're just basically saying God is not enough in your life. Because we need God's word to know God's peace. And this is where it's going to change when we spend time with Him. God's word it tells us specifically in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6-7. It says here in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. In due time. Cast all your anxiety and fears, I mean, anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Good Shepherd mentions about how in everything, in his timing, his provident plan that he will provide for us. He tells us that worrying is pointless because you can't add more days to your life. You can't control what happens tomorrow. It just adds more problems. And worrying is a pagan practice, not a disciple's practice. People seek after these things because because these things doesn't give us rest. When we lay our burdens, when we fall on God, when we give our burdens and our shame and our worries to God we receive his grace because the one thing that we understand here is that God knows our needs more than we do we can ever fathom and we must trust in his sovereign care God will provide everything we need when we seek his kingdom and righteousness accepting his truth so you don't have a heart filled with anxiety. Last and final point, stand firm in the faith is to be thinking on praiseworthy things. Be so thinking on praiseworthy things. Philippians 4, eight nine, it says here, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and then God of peace will be with you. See, when we started Hill City Church in 2011, um, we were just worshiping and borrowing a sanctuary from the KM, our Korean church. Um, One thing I remember uh, just so clearly in my mind was um, a squirrel a squirrel sorry as an animal comes out a squirrel actually bit into our transformer blew up our uh, electricity and died in front you know on the street so that day we didn't have any AC in the middle of summer <laughs> that was the worship leader at the time no power no AC big sanctuary that had, uh, glass stained windows so the direct the sun sunlight like, directly goes in there so it's like a furnace or a sauna you may say today this is my second shirt because i something happened here okay just letting you know something happened here so on that day imagine imagine with me worshiping in the hot sun in the sauna you know this is wet okay that's the only, only word dry fit Okay, so we were doing this, and I remember worshiping. It was like our second and third service, worshiping and praising out loud in an empty room, not, no AC, nothing. And there was like 10 people were just starting a new church plan, singing and praising God that day. And I remember just, people couldn't tell, but I was crying at the same time while I was sweating because I was so blessed. I was so blessed and so determined. like, this is what it means to be the church. This is what it means to think on praiseworthy things. This was it. Then after that, we transitioned out. The church who uh, planted us gave us some some income to start a building, start a a room. So we opened up a room, broke down some walls. And it was another praiseworthy thing. It's like, God, you're too much and we're in this room, we're trying to set up our sanctuary for our next Sunday, our opening service, and I remember all of us just painting. We had no painting experience. Some of us sucked, <laughs> to be honest. Some of us just really are bad at painting. I'm bad at painting, but yet we were just so determined with the rollers, making smear marks and everything. No, no other coating, we didn't know about painting at all, so we are just painting away. And, and what I'm just thinking about, I was just passing, as my last week of service, I went up there and just looked around what God had provided for us. More than we can ask for. Praise be to God for one, the one who, who loves us the most when we don't deserve it. Praise the one who, why would you do that for me? And for our church to be united like that. When I think about the, just the, the way we painted the walls, and I'm just like laughing and crying with joy because, God, thank you so much. And today, you should be thankful. You should be rejoicing. You should be I think thinking praise praiseworthy things because God has provided so much. God has entrusted our great shepherd, God has trusted this church to move, to be the intergenerational model. In the city of Orlando, as we see here, this is why we need to be renewed in our minds. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-three, to be made new in an attitude of your minds is that because God has blessed His church with the Word for the primary means of purifying our minds. Because we think, because what we think matters, and matters more than we think. Because we need God's Word to saturate us, to be renewed and kept away from the offensive things. Think what's honorable, not dishonorable. Think about what's just, not unjust. Think what's true, not false. And keep the word of God close to you in your heart. And John chapter 14, verse 27 says here, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. and Do not be afraid. Because God is the creator of all good things. And God has, is the giver of all good gifts. So we shouldn't be surprised to find many praiseworthy qualities in this world. So whatever our thoughts mainly contain, there are things that we can surrender toward the Lord. Our pride, our anger, our, our disputes with the people at church that are grumbling against one another. Maybe something God is trying to tell you that I need to spend time with him so I can encourage the people around me to rejoice together. We think biblically and to have a Christ-centered heart. Christ-exalting way that we can do in this world. We should not desire things that are having us to change, but ask him to change us to have the heart and mind like Christ. Set your mind on praiseworthy things. Give your burdens to God and know the perfect peace of God. We look to the Savior for all righteousness and for daily renewal and go imitate him. Let's pray together. So we have the praise team come up. I just want you to focus on just maybe this this topic or this phrase came from this passage too, is that stand firm in the faith so that we we should remember the hope we have in Christ. Christ is our all in all. Christ is the center of this church. May we renew our hearts today. May we seek him today. Think God praise for you. I don't know what you have in your minds today, this morning. The things that go through every week and daily routines that you seek. But God, you know, maybe we can just turn those things to God at this time. To seek his peace, seek comfort from his love. And I want you to respond to that this, this morning. Just come to him that we have the hope in him. Just a minute or two. Just pray and seek Him today, this morning. Again, heavenly Father God, the consumer of our faith, the one who we who deserve our every praise, God, I want we want to thank you this morning, God. Thank you for us to for us to rejoice in you. That's a great feeling, God. God, I thank you for us to even have the opportunity to rejoice in you. Thank you that we can seek you anytime. Thank you that we can go to you anytime. When our, our burdens feel heavy, I pray for our harvest church to be filled with, with, anxi- with no anxiety at all. We would not be filled with, would be filled with rejoicing and peace. That can comfort us in our minds and our hearts. And I pray that God that would you come and deliver us this morning. Deliver us to the rescuer of our souls, to be united again with you. And I pray for encouragement and empowerment, Father, for our people. This morning, God, we just thank you so much. We love you so much. You're worthy of our lips this morning.